Hello, I'm Dr. George. This is Citizens Going Wild. And uh, we have some interesting things, at least from my point of view, that we're going to talk about. But first, I decided to start with a few jokes. I am on two diets. I wasn't getting enough food on one. That's not very good. Let's try again. A cold seat in a public restroom. A cold seat in a public restroom is unpleasant. A warm seat is downright scary. I had a little problem with my wife. We got a, um, a, a wedding invitation, and I wrote in the RSVP section. Maybe next time. Apparently. This is not the thing you should say. Okay. Um, one of the things that I'm interested in is the continuous slandering of Western civilization in general and the United States and Israel in particular here. Uh, there was all, since about the time of the French Revolution, intellectuals have tried to get in charge of things. And their method before the current method was Marxism, which divided the world into good and evil, capitalism and the West being evil, socialism being good. This was an analysis based on economics. As we go through history, mankind seems to have had a have, have developed a habit of someone coming up with the idea that there is a key element by which we can understand everything. Freud said, focus on sex. Um, Marx said, focus on economics and financial matters. And when we have this, we always have to posit uh, the villain and the villain is always the West. And uh, the idea of uh, the West being rich in Marxist terms was that the Western wealth came from plundering third world nations, from imperialism. Now, after Russia collapsed as a communist country, and after uh, China became a kind of hybrid of a communist party, but a capitalist system, economic system, people moved away from that as the source of good and evil in the world. And they started to focus on identity politics. Identity politics is the latest way of intellectuals interpreting the world and interpreting in such a way is that they have the main power to guide society and to decide what is good and what is evil. Identity politics is definitely the way intellect is what intellectuals emphasize. Uh, culture replaced economics. Um, Ethnicity replaced the class structure. Transgender rights. You wonder where that came from? Transgender rights replaced workers' rights. It used to be the workers were always oppressed. Now it's the transgender people that are always oppressed. White privilege replaced the bourgeoisie, that is the middle class. Instead of us admiring the middle class, we now damn it all to hell. Because the middle class apparently is not interested in interesting sexual positions and they're just generally boring and annoying. That's what these other people say. White privilege became important. Racism became important. Basically, identity politics became important. And this is where we are now. 
when this happens, people start not focusing in other areas. Um, for example, in New York City, there's a tremendous problem now that you haven't heard about because it's not part of the message that the politically correct want to be sending at this particular time in history. There's been an astonishing rise in both petty crimes and major crimes like murder in New York City. Yet I doubt that you've heard a word about this. You may have heard about this crime or that crime, this incident or that incident, but that's all. No one compresses this into a major issue. De Blasio is full-time now uh, focused on identity politics uh, and uh, racism and white privilege and all that. But meanwhile, there's this fantastic story that is not being mentioned. There's been an astonishing increase in violent crime in New York City. Let me mention some things that should be on the news day and night. Devel Gardner, aged one, was shot by unknown assailants on a past Sunday while sitting in his stroller, for God's sakes, at a neighborhood barbecue in Brooklyn. He later died of his wounds. Little kids, when they're struck by bullets, often do that. Three other people were at the barbecue were shot. I think a one-year-old sitting in his stroller should be a major story, yet most of you haven't heard about it. Not because you're bad people, but because there's no focus on that. Only, there's only focus when there's an opportunity to insult, to injure, to reduce the power of white people, of men, of heterosexuals. The same day that this happened where little uh, Dave L. Gardner was killed, two other children, 12 and 15, were shot in Brooklyn and Harlem. That weekend that this happened, 64 people were shot. We had days in Vietnam where fewer people were shot. This is spectacular. This is, this is uh, extraordinary. It's incredible. It should be on everyone's minds and in their hearts, but it's not. It's not because they can't wring any identity crisis and any identity blaming out of it. So it just goes by the side. The petty crimes have started to rise ferociously in New York City. A couple of months ago, there was a period of about two months when people were sending off giant, giant, giant firecrackers, which of course disturbed everyone's sleep. It's sort of funny, but it's not funny if you're the one that has to get up at six o'clock in the morning and go to work and pay attention while you're at work. Uh, this went on and on and on. And finally, the police showed up enough times that it stopped. Um, Things are getting dirtier in the city. These petty crimes, they come and go in little fads. Lately, the fad is racing in New York City, which is not a good place to race your car, obviously. And uh, th that is now going on. And it will go on for a while till there's enough buildup of anger at de Blasio and de Blasio seems not to be interested in either the murders of the little children or 
car racing or firecrackers going off in the middle of the night. Um, he seems to think that if he cracks down on this, he is somehow vaguely generally being uh, racist or he's acting in a uh, white privileged manner. I'm not actually sure what he's thinking or how much thinking he's doing, but it's very hard to get him to focus on either the small crimes, firecrackers going off in the middle of the night, or the big crimes like murdering little children, including a one-year-old for God's sakes. Uh, I wanted to mention something that continues on and rolls on like the mighty Mississippi, and that is the hatred for Israel. And it occurred to me that Israel, of course, has become a, a substitute for Jews. Um, Israel has become like the big Judy you're allowed to hate. Look, if you go out and say you hate Jews, you're going to be knocked flat because of the Holocaust, people don't go along with that idea. But what if you said you hate Israel? In effect, you're hating Jews. I mean, that's mainly who live there. But you're getting away with it in public. Very clever and uh, very unnerving. I think also people love to hate Israel because Israel is the worst sort of Jew, a strong Jew. You hit a Jew in Israel in the mouth and they take your head off and shove it up your ass. Israel is tough. Israel has one of the top militaries on the planet, even though it's a very small country. Their commandos are nothing, nobody to fool with. And their Mossad, their intelligence agency, is considered one of the best on the planet in the history of the planet. And this is aggravating. This is aggravating. This is like in this country in the old days when uh, uh, blacks were getting some civil rights and making some money. I kept noticing that when blacks um, were being stopped very, very often by cops when they were driving new cars, you'd read a report and it'd be a, a black guy in a new Cadillac or a new Mercedes or a convertible or a fancy sports car. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, why would they pick on these people? Because you don't usually pick on the rich. But if you think there's someone who shouldn't be rich, shouldn't own a sports car that you don't have enough money to own, you get angry. And I think this is what goes on with Israel as well. I mean, here are these smarty pants. We gave them a rotten piece of land and a very bad part of the world and they made it into a bit of a paradise they're prosperous they're militarily powerful they're on the cutting edge of technology and electronics that's very annoying for people if you don't like jews there are many stories that i see that other people perhaps are not that interested in but i think are kind of important and i'd like to speak about them and one of them is about israel but there, here's another one we now have a national crisis of unmarried birth rates and fatherless households. They're skyrocketing, both are skyrocketing. Now it used to be that when people read about that sort of situation, they said, ah, the blacks. But now whites are in a sense, that's the right word, catching up with blacks. And you now have enormous numbers of Black, uh, white people who are, in effect, they're off the radar screen. 
they they are they don't they don't join churches they don't uh, they don't meet with other people in a friendly manner uh, they don't have jobs they um, they basically are just living off of others uh, they may get food stamps they may get other monies from the government but they basically are not participating at all and the number of white women who are giving birth out of wedlock has skyrocketed years ago before most of you were born uh when i was young and cute um there was um, a guy named daniel patrick monahan which who was a wonderful public servant he worked in the bureaucracy he was also a wonderful senator respected by all i would say he looked over some numbers and he saw that black families were falling apart at a ferocious rate and that 25% of black families consisted of just the mother and, and children. He wrote a report about this. At that time, he was the assistant secretary of labor, labeled the Negro family, the case for national action. In other words, he wanted to help. He saw a terrible situation and he wanted to lean in and help black families. He ended up being yelled at because he was thought to be a racist because he pointed this out. Now, at that time, black families, uh, the percentage of black families where there was no father involved uh, was 25%. Now, white women, 25% of the white families have in 28% higher than the blacks before there is no father present in any meaningful manner. The black rate, by the way, of not forming families is up in the air around 40%. In other words, we're falling apart as a society. Um, you just can't have things like that happening without resulting poverty, crime, petty crime, major crime. You just can't operate like that. Um, so far, we've sort of confined these disasters to um, rural areas for white people and cities for black people. Uh, but this should be a major, major story and we should be getting, having interviews with people who say, what can we do? Or is there anything we can do? But so far, nothing. Um, many uh, Jews are famous or it's well known that Jews are often very pessimistic, often with very good reason, namely history. But I thought this was a classic. This year, 2020, they gave out Nobel Prizes as they do every year. Five Nobel Prizes were won by Jews. When you consider there are only about 15 million Jews in the world, that's pretty damn good. But Jews have managed to make this into something to worry about. Here's the headline, and this is from a Jewish source, the Algemeiner uh, newspaper. Five Nobels in 2020, a last gasp of declining Jewish genius. Part of the Jewish genius is in taking something wonderful, we won so many Nobel Prizes, and turning it into a source of worry. What if this is the last time that we're gonna have any geniuses? Well, I wanna go on to, something else that again should be stories 
a lot of what I talk about is kind of fake news, not in the sense that one and one don't equal two, but in the sense of news that is not news. Things that are not mentioned have become more important in many ways and many times than things that are mentioned. Um, Here's something about um, refugees in the Middle East and Israel. Again, Israel has become like the punching bag for the world. People are always talking about refugees in Israel and well, the refugees from the, the occurred in 1948 be allowed back to Israel. What has happened is that uh, in 1948, about 900,000 Jews were thrown out of Arab countries and came to Israel as refugees. And they lived as refugees for years in tents. But that isn't all of what has happened. Arabs left Israel, some forced, some not forced, um, and about 800,000 left what is now Israel. Okay, and they were considered refugees. Um, now, there have been other stories of refugees. After World War II, we had a tremendous number of refugees. About uh, 12 million ethnic Germans who had been living outside of Germany in other countries for years, for generations, sometimes for centuries, were thrown out of these countries because the people in these countries were obviously very angry at Germans in general after World War II and they wanted them out. At the same time, on the Indian subcontinent, there was a tremendous separation of the land of uh, India into Pakistan and India. Uh, and people moved from one place to another. 14 million people were refugees. 14 million people were refugees. Okay. Where are these people now? Where are these refugees? There are no more German refugees. Germany took in the refugees and settled 12 million of them. In India, there are no more refugees. 14 million people were resettled. And what about the Jews who came to Israel if they were thrown out of Arab countries? Where are they? I'll tell you where they are. They're integrated into society. Every group of refugees has been integrated into society except, except the Muslim refugees, the Arab refugees, that fled Israel for one reason or another. Why haven't they been resettled? There are only, by the way, about 30,000 refugees that went back, go back to 1948. The Arabs consider their children and grandchildren refugees. No one else does. But at any rate, why haven't they been resettled in a proper manner? Because the Muslims, the Arabs, would rather be able to point to the refugees and say, look what Israel did. They made all these people into refugees and they're poor and they can't get jobs and they're sick. They could take in these people. There are only 30,000 actual refugees, but they don't. They have let some of the uh, Arab refugees stay in other countries, but they have to stay in certain segregated areas. They're not full citizens. They often can't vote. And they're not full citizens, which means that they can't become uh, members of um, 
uh, different groups like an accountant or a doctor or a lawyer, things like that. And this should be pointed out. Just mention it from time to time, but it's not mentioned. Meanwhile, on the universities in America, Jewish students are being targeted as evil people, <coughs> as people who um, have set up a system of apartheid, which is plainly impossible. 20% of the population of Israel is Arabs. And they go where they want to go. They're members of parliament. They're judges. They can join the military if they wish or don't if they don't wish to. But such as the newscasting that we have in America, such as the poor state of uh, reportage, that this is not mentioned. And many people don't even know what's going on on college campuses. At the University of Illinois, it was the passage of an anti-Israeli divestment resolution. This was done deliberately during the high holy days for Jews. And uh, they, they would like us to, um, well, they'd like us to boycott any company that, that deals with Israel. And there are a lot of them because Israel makes some great stuff. including parts in your cell phone that wouldn't work without the Israeli accomplishments in that area. Here's something that happened to me recently. I went to a primary care doctor after two visits and a lot of lab tests, endless lab tests. The woman said that I was doing fairly well for my age. I was a little concerned about that. And so I said, well, does this mean I can live to be 90? And she said, do you smoke tobacco? Do you drink beer, wine, hard liquor, liqueurs, anything? No, not really. Wine once a month, maybe. I'm not doing drugs either. Well, do you eat ribeye steaks, barbecued ribs? I said, not that much. My former doctor convinced me to lay off that stuff. Besides the ribeye steaks, which are the steaks I like, are costly. Well then. You spend too much time in the sun playing golf, boating, sailing, hiking, bicycling. No, I don't. Do you gamble, drive fast cars, or have a lot of sex? No, I said. She looked at me seriously and said, then why do you give a shit? Moving on here. To some degree, do you think that this election is really about the following? Is America a good country? That's what Trump believes or a bad country. That's what all, more and more the Democrats believe. Or do you think that the main issue has become the virus and the people push aside everything and look at the question of has Trump done a good or bad job fighting the virus? And um, I'd like to hear your opinion. You can always go to ZilbergLW at gmail.com, Z-I-L. B-E-R-G-E-L-D-W at gmail.com. I just want to cover one more serious thing. And this is this damn critical race theory, which seems to be swamping the country. Uh, this is the basic idea that the main problem of America is racism. It is also the idea that racism is pervasive 
or as they sometimes say, it is systemic. Do you believe that racism is systemic? Uh, there have also been efforts at convincing Americans that racism was the basis of the country, not liberty, not democracy, racism. And it still permeates our society and affects every part of it. This is, uh, some people say this is racism, saying that critical race theory is correct. And uh, one of the articles that I read about this said, abandon hope all you who enter here. Um, I'd be curious to see if you think that everything should be interpreted through the lens of, of um, group identity and racism, which is what is being done more and more at schools. There are at the University of Illinois, which I just mentioned, uh, there's um, a big uh, workshop going on about white supremacy and white privilege. And it, they basically say it's not up for debate. We're racist and that's it. Here's something I never expected to find. The Mathematical Association of America, which is the largest mathematical association there is, has vowed vowed to use math to advance critical race theory. I always thought that was separate, but apparently not. Math and uh, there's a program called Math Equity. I have no idea what that means. Uh, the Mathema Mathematical Association of America said it's time for all members of our profession to acknowledge that mathematics is created by humans and therefore inherently carries human um, uh, belief systems uh, and, the and it must deal with the detrimental effect of race and racism on our mathematical community. It said, the critical race theory is an established social science inquiry which is grounded in a decade of scholarship and we can no longer ban or not discuss racism in the arena of mathematics. So our goal is math equity. You know what that means? You should tell me that. Here's another professor. He calls for all cops to be strangled. Eh, let me go with that go. So here we are with an ongoing emphasis against um, emphasis on critical race theory. And that is about the only thing that can break through the wall of uh, focusing on coronavirus. Um, I better tell a few more jokes here. I want to be 14 again and ruin my life differently. I have new ideas. By the way, the other day, my wife said that she wanted to go to one of these restaurants where they uh, prepare the food in front of you. I took her to Subway, and that's when the fight started. Here's one that I always like. Uh, I was driving on a lonely road. I was driving down to Rosemary Park, and I picked up a hitchhiker. He said, well, wasn't I, why wasn't I afraid of him? He was, jacked in a raggedy -ass fa he was dressed in a raggedy-ass fashion. And uh, he said, you know, he might be a killer. He might be a serial killer. I told him, listen, the odds of there being two serial killers in the same car at the same time was rare. 
that's all I have for today. I hope some of you get in touch with me. Uh, I like some of you. You might be one of the few that I like out there. So if you can, get in touch, and I hope to see you next week.